And that music is brought to you by Kevin McLeod, and that is called New Flute. Thank you so much for coming around and giving random ventures of an indie traveler a listen. I'm your host, Casey, and here you can tune in to my own awesome adventures from different interesting areas around the states and other countries as well. I'll also sometimes chat about fun facts, history, culture, and bizarre mythical creatures around these areas. So today, we are going to talk about the Freedom Trail in Boston, Massachusetts. Have any of you been there before? What did you think about it? So I'm going to talk to you about some of my experience as well as some of the historical aspects of it because a lot of people don't realize, but there is seriously so much history going on and revolving around the Freedom Trail that I just like to share a bit about it as well because it's really awesome. I mean, who doesn't like history, right? (laughs) I don't know. It's always been one of my favorite subjects. Anyways, let's get going. So in 1950s, 51, William Schofield, who was a local journalist, had the awesome suggestion that important local landmarks should be linked by a trail. The mayor at the time, John Hines, really liked this idea of his. And two years later, the two and a half mile red brick trail, telling the story of the American Revolution and winding its way through historical areas, passing by 16 important places revolving the history of America, was being used by over 40,000 people per year. Wow, so crazy, right? So it starts from the Boston in common and the final part leads you to the USS Constitution and the Bunker Hill Monument and sometimes people start there and end at the Boston Common so it just kind of depends on what you feel like and where you're at and when you get started. It's amazing getting to take a stroll through American history and walk in the footsteps of countless others before you and wonder who else had walked that very trail. Being in a place with such a colorful history and truly feel the threads of history as you weave your way through the very place that so many astonishing events have once occurred is just absolutely incredible. I absolutely suggest the Freedom Trail. It was such a pleasant experience and it's a remarkable place. It's so eye-opening. It's absolutely a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So if you have not walked the Freedom Trail in Boston, Massachusetts, I suggest doing so at least at one point in your life. So there's a lot of history within just a short distance. So take your time and take breaks as needed to truly get as much as you can out of the entire experience. I would say to go after this COVID stuff though because I hear that some places are maybe closed on the trail so at least they were so maybe now with the vaccine things are going to be getting better but you never know so definitely at least google it check it out see some reviews and see what's going on as far as recent events go so I'm excited to share the different historical places you'll come across within the trail and remember to follow the red brick road ah just a little bit off of the Wizard of Oz right except it's not yellow but it is red (laughs) you'll see the picture in my thumbnail. So that is part of it. Anyway, starting with the Boston Common. This once used to punish, this once was a place where it had punished and hung people as well as anti-war and civil rights rallies taking place here. And there was an especially famous civil rights rally that was led by the one and only Martin Luther King Jr., super great, right? And then you'll come across the Massachusetts State House. I actually didn't get to see this because I started the trail a little bit further down, so some of these I don't have really a ton to share, but you know, it's all right. After that, you have the Park Street Church. So this is an unforgettable place where women's suffrage and slavery was protested. So you know, a lot of interesting things are taking place here as far as rights and just different amazing bits of history. So absolutely, I can't 
stress enough just how interesting it is and it gets even more interesting. Then you'll come across the Granary Burying Ground. So you can visit not only one, but you can visit quite a few different famous people's graves here. So there's John Hancock, Sam Adams, Paul Revere, and Benjamin Franklin's parents. I was on a ghost tour and the woman was joking and she was saying, oh, Benjamin Franklin isn't here, but his parents are. And so it's just kind of funny. But yeah, so there's that. And I actually got to go here and yeah, it was very interesting. I mean, just seeing all these famous people in history in their graves, it's just like, wow, just so, so phenomenal. <laughs> it's an experience that I've never experienced before. Definitely interesting and worth it. And I will do another episode on that ghost tour. So definitely tune in for that at some point in the future. But in the meantime, if you ever go to Boston, if you happen to want to hear some interesting history, then totally take that that gravestones tour because it's just absolutely interesting. And you learn a lot more than just ghosts and things like that. You get to hear a lot about Boston and its history. Really great. More than 5,000 bodies are buried here, but guess what? There are right around 2,300 headstones. So I'm not a mathematician, really, but I certainly think that that doesn't really add up. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I think it's not even even close. And then you have the King's Chapel and the King's Chapel Burying Ground. So at the burying ground here, this was Boston's first burial ground. And a woman, Mary Chilton, is here. And if you don't know who she is, then she was the first person to step out of the ship, the Mayflower. So that's quite amazing. She is buried at this burying ground. The architecture is of the Georgian style and it's absolutely incredible. You'll get to see that when you visit the King's Chapel. Very interesting. And then there is the Benjamin Franklin statue and Boston Latin School, which was originally a school for just boys. And it was opened in 1635, and some important figures have come here, not to mention Benjamin Franklin, though he dropped out. And then there was John Hancock and Samuel Adams. Today, the school still exists. It's in a different location, though. So this is still here, but you can see the actual school that's open today in a different location. And today, boys and girls are allowed. So <laughs> times have definitely changed. And then you'll come around to the old corner bookstore. This was originally an apothecary shop. And it's one of Boston's oldest business buildings. It was actually built around 1718. It then became a book publishing company that was super important as many very famous authors had their works published here, including Louisa May Alcott, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and Charles Dickens, and then many, many more beyond that. Don't forget to go across the street to see the Irish Famine Memorial. See, some of these places aren't exactly on the trail, but, you know, there are so many different famous places on the trail and along the trail, nearby the trail, that are definitely worth checking out. Also, you will see the Old South Meeting House. So this is where many met to decide what to do with all the tea waiting in the Boston Harbor in 1773. And the tea tax was here to stay and nobody had a say. They successfully tried to get it sent back to England, the tea that is, and then Samuel Adams got up and said, this meeting can do nothing more to save the country. Apparently, this was a secret
secret signal to tell the Sons of Liberty to go destroy the tea. Back then, that's how you got the party started. As then, the Boston Tea Party began and the rest is history. Have a look across the street and then you'll see the house where Benjamin Franklin was born at 1 Milk Street. So totally check that out. That's also not exactly on the trail, but you know, it's just, it, it should be. It's right there. So definitely check it out. It's close enough. And then you'll find the old state house. You can spot it from a bit of a distance and you can hear of the events that led to the Revolutionary War. Wow. And right outside the state house, such an interesting place. This is the site of the Boston Massacre, which was in 1770. Here, Bostonians wanted their city back as during this time it was the war and many redcoat soldiers had occupied Boston. So they took a stand and five of them did not make it. Paul Revere called it a bloody massacre. The 13 colonies heard and more and more wanted to fight for their own independence. Wow, very crazy. And then you'll see Fenwell Hall. I hope I said that right. <laughs> AKA the Cradle of Liberty. So this is the most famous so on top is a most famous weather vane, and it is shaped like a golden grasshopper. Legend says that Bostonians would have found spies during the 1812 war, and if they asked someone what's sitting on top of Fenwell Hall, or the Cradle of Liberty, and if the person did not know, then they were suspected of being a spy. So definitely good to know <laughs> your landmarks and know what is around and on top of these different things. An extra little fun place along the way that was very close by is a wax museum. It was so fun and this is close to Fenwell Hall in the State House. So here I got to pretend I was on Oprah Winfrey's show as a guest. I got to meet the Queen of England, pretend to take Nicole Kidman's board, <laughs> and hang out with some of these awesome cowboys. And also I had a little bit of fun with Peter Dinklage, aka Tyrion Lannister. And then you get to see Paul Revere's house. Whoa. So this was built in 1680 and it's the oldest building in downtown Boston. So wow and it's incredible to see and you'll know when you see the charcoal structure. You know it's something that you don't typically see every day and another on another note I got to see Charles Proctor's house and this is in Salem Massachusetts so in another little area around you know kind of close to Boston and it was actually the same color or a very close color. So I thought that was interesting that those two had the similar coloring in there home structures because it's not something you really see every day. Anyways, back to Paul Revere. He made his ever famous midnight ride during his time living here in his house in 1775. So if you get the chance to pop inside, you'll be thrown back in time as you'll see the small sleeping quarters and beds along with furniture of that period. This house was closed at the time, but if I ever go back, I will definitely have a peek inside because it definitely sounds really awesome and interesting. And I want to see inside Paul Revere's house. And then beyond that, you'll have the Old North Church. One if by land, two if by sea. These were the words that have ignited a revolution as they signaled the lanterns for Paul Revere's midnight ride. These lanterns were hung at this exact church. And then you'll come across Copps Hill Burying Ground. This is a place where two Puritan preachers, Cotton Mather and his father, Increase Mather, from the Salem Witch Trials, are buried. And, interesting enough, the day that I'm recording this, which is February February 13th is Cotton Mather's death anniversary. 
or death anniversary, if you will, which was in the year 1728. So it's just kind of interesting coincidence there. This is where the Redcoats had taken up residence during the Battle of Bunker Hill. Now we're almost to the end, everybody. So the USS Constitution was the world's oldest still floating warship. It first met water in 1797. And because cannonballs would bounce off the sides as if the ship itself were made of iron or something similar, the ship acquired the nickname Old Ironsides. If you tour here, you'll find an interesting tidbit that children actually handled and would deliver cannonballs to the men ready to load them. Wow. Just imagine growing up in that kind of lifestyle. And also, these children, if you can imagine, didn't really get the kind of sleep that children today normally get. So they were very busy <laughs> delivering cannonballs and just doing things because it was wartime and things were just kind of interesting around then. So no iPads for them. Sorry, kiddos. The Bunker Hill Monument, where the American Revolution's first main battle had taken place. And you could climb the obelisk for some spectacular views of the wondrous city of Boston. Wow, that's quite an amazing way to end the Freedom Trail. And there are so many interesting places I didn't mention, but there's also another fun and expected place, which I'll talk about in another episode. But here among the trail, you can find another treasure, which was America's oldest tavern. And it's still open. It's called the Bell in Hand. So if you go on the trail, and if you don't have any kiddos with you, then go ahead and check it out. Wow. I was there on Cinco de Mayo, and I did not expect it, but it was so packed. I didn't even know that it was the holiday. So yeah, Ooh, that was an interesting one. But yeah, it was such a fun place. And I totally suggest coming here if you don't have any kiddos with you, because it's a really cool place. And who doesn't want to go to America's oldest tavern, right? That is, of course, if you drink. So yeah, go ahead and check it out if you're into that. Something I wish I had going on the Freedom Trail was a map of some type, any type. I didn't have a paper map. I didn't have an online map. And there are such things. So everybody, check it out. At the beginning of the trail, there are places that have maps available. And you can also get online maps. And I will include an online map. So, you know, definitely check it out. As well as some other helpful websites that just help you by doing the tour if you're going by foot. And if you're doing it all on your own, which is really awesome and fun. And I did a good majority of it. So yeah, definitely a fun place to go. That's right, everybody. It's mythological creature time. So in New England, there are a handful of mythical beings and creatures that we all know today, such as, of course, werewolves, Bigfoot, and witches as well. But you know, today I want to talk about the Dover Demon. So this is one that people don't know if it's real or not, but there were several different accounts by various teenagers. It's kind of an interesting thing. It was only teenagers. And so what happened was this strange creature was spotted while these different teens were driving around in different areas around New England. And before actually seeing its face, Bill Bartlett initially thought it to be a cat or dog. But when it turned its head towards him, it had these giant orange littlest eyes. Wow. And he'd apparently called the police as well as the others that had spotted it. And they claimed that this was a creature with long creepy fingers, big feet and hands, and a crazy bulbous nose. They said it was a human-like or perhaps even alien creature. Another of the teens, John Baxter, mentioned how it seemed like a monkey, but with a figure eight shaped head. Wow, pretty crazy. And then one later mentioned having come across it again the next year. It was partially dismissed as a prank as it was just teenagers. So again, you know, people weren't really sure. And since they all saw it on the same night initially, 
They thought maybe it was a prank. But one of these people, which I mentioned earlier, William Bartlett or Bill Bartlett, is keeping to his word from over 40 years ago. And he still sticks to his story saying that he absolutely saw that creature. So believe it or not, whatever you think, everybody. But, you know, this creature could be out there. That was in the 70s. So it'd be interesting to know if anybody has spotted it recently and what it really is. Because that sounds quite fascinating. Have you been to Boston? or the surrounding area in New England? And do you have a great suggestion of another interesting place? I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at randomindietraveler at gmail.com. I would totally love to hear anything from you. So be sure to come back next week and tune in for another awesome adventure. I'm so excited to share with you. Our next episode is going to be about the Bizarre Museum in Wilmington, North Carolina. All right, everyone. So thanks so much for listening and I will catch you the next one.